This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. I'm next <laughs> well praise God well you know uh, I've been talking with uh, Pastor Norris and Cindy all along is they're they're with their family in South Florida and he they're overcoming and dealing with uh, his physical struggle and we want to continue to pray and believe God for them amen uh, you know Peter, not the, it's not the same circumstance, but it's the same God that delivers. In the book of Acts, Peter was in jail uh, and would, you know, they had already beheaded James, and so Peter's in jail, uh, put in there, uh, and they had two guards. He was chained between two guards there in the, the cell. And it was very hopeless, but the church was praying. They called a prayer meeting, and they were started praying. And an angel walks into the jail. See, you can't hold, you can't keep God out. You know, uh, and he walks in, slaps Peter on the shoulder, and tells him to get up. And, when Peter did, the chains fell off of him. And the funny thing is, the guards sat there. Peter gets up and walks out, and as the angel walked out every gate, and cell door opened up in front of him. And uh, Peter goes and knocks on the door where the church is praying. A little girl comes to the door and hears Peter's voice and goes inside and says, It's Peter, and they couldn't believe it. Now that's the funny thing. Because they were praying for Peter being released, for him to get out of jail, when he gets released, they couldn't believe it. Now, I like that. That encourages me because that lets me know we don't have to have perfect faith. They were just doing the best they know how. They took their mustard seed of faith and placed it in God. See, it's not the size of our faith. It's the size of the God our faith is in. It's not the greatness of our praying. It's the greatness of the God we are praying to. Come on, somebody. Now, if y'all wanted to be quiet, you came to the wrong place. I don't like quiet church. Unless the Holy Ghost just comes in and gives us that solemn moment. Now, we're talking about in our series... We've been talking about a glorious church. Everybody say a glorious church. Now, when we're talking about a church, I already shared this with you. How many of you saw the, me on the screen? Did I look good? <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey. <laughs> No, tell me. No. <laughs> but, uh, 
It was okay, right? Well, thank you. Uh, but here I am today. And, uh, but it's a, I'm going to teach the same message, same series, a glorious church. Now, when we talk about the church, when I introduced it, I told you, we're not talking about this building. We're not talking about an organization such as Passion Church, which has works here and overseas in different nations of the earth. Um, uh, every week, we're seeing souls saved. Every week, we're seeing lives changed through the ministry of Passion Church. We're planting churches in Pakistan, India, uh, different pla- uh, in Africa, different places of the world. Uh, and uh, you're a part of that. All right? But when we talk about the church, I'm not even talking about Passion Church. I'm talking about the people of God. All right? And Passion Church is a name that a group of a segment of the people of God have go by. But together we are all the family of God and we are His church. And when God looks at us, He sees us in, in, as glorious, as filled with glory, as covered in, 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 in His blessing and favor and and just a beautiful diamond shining in the darkness. If we could ever get a glimpse of what God sees when He sees the church, if we could ever grasp the church, what the church that Jesus purchased at the cross, listen, quit looking at what you see happening in the world and look Look at what Jesus did at the cross. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Hallelujah. On Christ the solid rock we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So when we talk about the church, we're talking about the vibrant, living, glorious, splendor-filled, powerful, unstoppable, mighty, wealthy, blessed, favored people of the living God, those washed in the blood of the Lamb, those brought from death unto life, those plucked out of the kingdom of darkness and placed in the kingdom of God's dear Son. Oh, glory be to God. Man, I tell you what, you look in the mirror, you ought to get excited. You ought to get so excited you have a fit. You ought to say, oh my goodness, look at who I am. Well, you say, I shouldn't do that. Well, yeah, you do. The devil gets you to do it all the time. He says, look who you are. Look what you're not doing. Look how you failed. Look how you don't measure up. Look this, look that. We need to look at what we, who we are in the sight of God. All right. I better stick to my message. Hey, Mitch, would you get me that handkerchief there? I don't want to use a paper napkin to wipe my... 
Thank you, sir. It's so wonderful having people that have a servant's heart, isn't it? And we're all just, we serve one another, serve God, serve the body of Christ. All right. Um, I want to talk to you today in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going through the book of Ephesians. I would encourage you to take the time in your personal study to walk slowly through the book of Ephesians. I'm telling you, uh, you want to have a great home group? Get your home, some people together, meet at your home once a week, and you guys just pour through Ephesians. You don't have to have some great teacher. You can just let each one share what God's saying to them and walk through the book of Ephesians. It will change your life. It will change your life. Now, in Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 10 or 8. I'm going to start at verse 8. Verses 8 through... Uh, can you go back to verse 8 there? If you're not, don't worry about it. I'm going to go 8 through 11. And if you don't have it on the screen, that's okay, guys. You can wait till I get there. But I want to start back a little bit further than I had told them I was going. In Ephesians 3, 8, listen to what he says. Paul says, though I am the least deserving of all God's people. Now, isn't it amazing? The great apostle Paul listened to his humility. This man wrote most of the New Testament. I mean the list of what he accomplished for God is amazing. And yet he says, though I am the least deserving of all God's people, I'll tell you what, you want to go somewhere in God, humble yourself. Humble yourself. You're not great, he is. And I like that because I don't have to be great. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he, God, graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. The endless, endless treasures available to them in Christ. And you think the world doesn't want to hear the good news. Maybe it's because we're not sharing the good news. Listen, the good news is not how they'll how simple they are, or how they're, how wrong they are, or how they're, uh, you know, living wrong. The good news is there is endless treasure available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the Creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. Now we'll go here. Put that verse back up there, guys. Ephesians 3.10, because we're going to talk about God's purpose in the next few moments. His intent, God's intent, God's intent. Now this is his intention in, in creating the church. We're looking here at why God created the church. His, and why don't we read it out loud? Read it with me. His intent was that now everybody say now, now. 
Okay, when is now? So we're not talking about something in the sweet by and by, are we? We're talking about when? His intent, read with me, his intent was that now through the church, wait, through who? Who is the church? We are. That through the church, read with me, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That's powerful, isn't it? That it should be made known. Now listen, isn't it interesting? And this is something here. We're looking at God's purpose. And it's important that we discover this. And I'm asking the spirit of revelation and the wisdom of God to come into you, to be given to you, that you can grasp this. Because we struggle in little bitty things that do not matter. You don't need to win every battle. Some of them you just need to walk on past. You don't need to fight every enemy. Some of them, if you walk past them, they'll fall lifeless. Some of the things you feel or think are holding you, if you just get up, knowing who you are and what your purpose is, and be about your purpose, those things would fall off like sand. His intent was that now, right now, this day, through the church, not through government, not through business, not through all the things like that. Those things had their place. But the church is God's creation on earth. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God. Listen, God wants to display His wisdom. Because in the, the wisdom of the world, they think they're wise, but in their wisdom, they're foolish. And when they see the wisdom of God manifested, they are going to be, they're going to just fall, and they're going to realize how foolish their wisdom is. And here's what will happen. Some will say, I was wrong and run to God. Others will stand up and fight for their foolishness. And that's reality. But it doesn't matter. Because let a fool be a fool. The Bible says don't even try to correct a fool. His intent was now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. God is not hiding away. God is not hiding behind some uh, mystical uh, place or, or in some mystical place behind some curtain. Listen, he tore the curtain that separated the people of God from the presence, the presence of very presence, his divine presence. He tore the curtain in two and he said, he wasn't saying you can't come. He said, come in. Listen, God wants us to know him. 
God wants us to experience him. God wants to display who he is in behalf of his children. Somebody give me an amen. You're not amening me, you're amening truth. That now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. I love this. He doesn't say to the people of the earth. Does he? He doesn't say to the lost. He says, may be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. There's several reasons there. Well, I'm going to real quick give you two. One is so that because they will remember and realize what they rebelled against and walked away from by their own choice. When they rebelled before God created man. Or you know what I'm talking about? When Lucifer, who was the uh, worship leader there, who led, was over the worship around the throne of God, he got deceived all these angels, a third of the host of heaven, to follow him so that he said I'm going to become God I'm going to overthrow God and I will establish my throne above his throne and I will be the God of all and a third of the host went with him deceived by him and God wants to use the church to show them look what you missed look what you did look what you walked away from and why does that matter? I mean, what? I mean, a lot of people, oh, when we get to heaven. When we all get to heaven. Well, yeah, that's great. But when we all gather here. Why does he want to display it to the principalities and powers? Because they are the ones that blind the minds of the lost. They are the ones that drag kids into drugs. They're the ones that are leading this fentanyl uh, explosion in America that is killing our young people by the tens of thousands. They're the ones that want to divide America. They're the ones behind all of that. It's not evil men it's men who are being used by evil spirits. So God wants to make it known to the principal, to the devil, to the devil. God wants to use you to make known to the devil that God's wisdom is greater. All right. There's so much here. And all I can do is touch the surface. But now I want to read this verse out of the uh, amplified version. Listen to what he says. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace which is undeserved was graciously given 
to me to proclaim to the Gentiles, that's you and I, the good news of the incomprehensible riches of Christ. Now listen, incomprehensible riches of Christ. You cannot comprehend all that you have, all that he did, all that's available to you. Now listen to me, that's not good preaching, that is truth. Either you believe the truth or you don't. God is bigger than all you go through. Jesus is bigger than everything you face. The incomprehensible riches of Christ, that spiritual wealth which no one can fully comprehend or understand, and to make plain to everyone the mystery, to make plain to the principalities and powers so that now through the church the multifaceted wisdom of God and all its countless aspects might now be made known revealing the mystery to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places this is in accordance with the terms of the eternal purpose the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, I want to zero in on one, one aspect in our time we have left. One aspect of what Paul talks about here, of, of this, the manifold wisdom of God being displayed, being made known, being brought up and shown like God takes the church and he holds it up before the principalities and powers, all the wicked spirits in the heavenlies. Here's the one thing I want to get to you or to help us to understand is this thing called the body the body of Christ. Everybody said the body of Christ. Now see, the Bible says we are the body of Christ. The Bible says we are his temple. The temple of God. And that God dwells within us. God just didn't dwell in you, he dwells in us. That's why when we come together, there's something greater that happens. Because all of a sudden, the God that is in you and the God that is in me and the God that's in you, we come together. And there's a greater presence, a greater manifestation, a greater potential. But God won't, the importance here that I want to bring out is, the, is this concept of one body. Everybody say one body. One body. Paul, throughout his writings, you see this thread. And actually, you see it through the whole Bible. One body. Now, listen to me. Everybody say again, one body. I wish we had days that we could spend to unfold this to you. I'm not exaggerating. It would be like you've come out of a shell. It would be like you've just shed a whole bunch of stuff 
that you struggled with for so long just by the understanding of the revelation of this. One body. Say it again. Say it out loud. See, God's intent was never that the church be a bunch of people, individuals, who love Him. His intent from the beginning was that we would be one body. One body. See, you have one body, don't you? I hope none of you think you have several. Come up after and I'll pray for you and cast those things out. One body. You have one body. We are one body. We have one head. What's his name? That's right. Jesus is the head. We are the body. And God from the beginning wanted one body. You see, that's why, that's why, that's why he had or he gave birth or created humanity through two people. Because he wanted one body. One body. So he, you, instead of just going around creating people, he could have created people all over the face of the earth. If he can do it once, he can do it again. He can do it a million times, a trillion times. As often as he wants, right? But he did it just with two so he could have one body. His intent has always been one body. And so the devil's intent has always been to divide the body. To divide the body. So that we never come to the understanding or the, or the place where who we are together in Christ can be manifested first to the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. I'm going to tell you, the devil fears this. That's why he fights so hard to divide the body. You take a husband and wife that are one, that are one, he's going to fight to divide them over little nitpicky stuff, over the way the biscuits were cooked or, or where, he le where he left his shoes or his, through his underwear. I'm... <laughs> and friends, and churches. It's sad, but a whole lot of churches in America are started over division. Not over multiplication, but over division. People don't like the, what pastor, the preacher is saying, so they go start a new church. And what they do is keep multiplying division. We're not multiplying a church, we're multiplying division, which is exactly the opposite of what God wants. But now, I'm telling you, you might as well get ready. God's purpose will be fulfilled in the earth. And here's what God's going to do. There is going to be a work of God that's going to come to planet earth before Jesus returns. Jesus is not coming back for a separated, divided, weak, hiding, fearful 
un, uh, uh, irrelevant church. He's coming back for a body, a glorious body, sparkling with the presence of the living God and the world in fear of. The world will never fear God until God displays himself in the church. And that will only happen when the church fears God enough to recognize that we are one and accepts the purpose of God. He is not your God just to take care of you and answer your prayers. He is our God to make us one. And if we will grasp it, a lot of the things we struggle with and plead for will suddenly come to us. God created, he wants, he wanted one race of people, one family, one bloodline, one lineage, one faith, one purpose. And he did that through his son. Didn't he? We are one family. Listen, we are one race of people. What race is that? The people of God. You say, that's not a race. Oh, yeah, it is. The Bible says you are a holy nation. A holy people. We have one bloodline. The blood of Christ, right? One faith, one lineage. What is our lineage? We are the lineage of God. If Ancestry.com really worked right, you could go on there and trace your, your, your lineage back to God. You'd go back and say, oh, there's Jesus. He's my... I. Somebody say amen. amen. I wish I had time... Let me just say this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm not going to read it, but you can look there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about the working of the Holy Spirit in the church. And he tells us what those works look like. Now, we call them the gifts of the Spirit, but don't lend them to that. You know, it's all the working of the Holy Spirit and how he works. And without the work of the Holy Spirit, the church is lifeless. The Holy Spirit is the life of God. It is the breath of God. He is the breath of God in us. When God made Adam, he breathed into him his spirit. The word there, breath, is ruach. It means breath or spirit. It's one and the same. Our, the breath of our spirit is the spirit of God. So he is the spirit he is the life of the church. And Paul talks about that there is some requirements, some qualifications. There is some necessity, things necessitated that must be in place for the Holy Spirit to work. And the number one thing is understanding one body. Read it for yourself in there. He talks about, can the hands say to the foot, I have no need of you. 
We are one body. Say it again, one body. Now, it's interesting also, and we're about to take communion here, receive communion. When Paul talks about communion, he says this. He says, and some sleep before their time, not discerning, not discerning the body. Are you listening to me? This is one of the greatest weapons of the enemy is to keep the church from recognizing, understanding, and having this revelation, the understanding that we are one body, that we are one body. We're not a bunch of individuals. We are one body. And I need you and you need me. And there's things that I cannot do by myself with God, but things that if we get together, nothing is impossible. Paul says there, we must discern the body of Christ. And if we do, he said it will be a revelation, a demonstration of his wisdom to all the principalities and power. I'm telling you, this will be part of the, un- the entrance, the doorway to all that you may be hearing about that's going to happen in the, that God's going to do in the days ahead. See, there's some things that must be in place first. And this is one of the most important things, that we become one body. Now, Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, because you work miracles, and you sing and dance, and you worship me, and you have great prayer meetings. No, because you have love one for another, or because you are one. And he prayed in John 17, the real Lord's Prayer. He said, Father, I pray that they, all of those who believe in me, that they will be uh, be one as you and I are one, that the world may know. My prayer for this for this body, for this part of the body, my prayer for this church is this, that you truly become one. That you are willing to be one. And that takes something more than having services and coming to a building and sitting next to one another. I pray that God would reveal it to your spirit. You know what? I believe this. When God begins to deal with your spirit, reveal it to us, people are going to begin to say, hey, you know what? Why don't we get together? It may be to have lunch after service. It may be to go over and have a meal together. It may be saying, let's get together and pray and have communion. It starts in things like that. Because see, the early church, they did it every day, got together. They had their services and they got together regularly. Well, my time's gone. But I pray that this would happen in this church. Because, see, we're looking for some great things to happen that suddenly are going to cause people to take notice and come. But really, it's something that takes place internally. 
It's something that happens inside us that is not to try to gain anything, but is because of. I hope I'm making sense. And we step out of our comfort zones and we begin to act as one. Caring for one another, loving one another. I'll tell you what, you know, when we become like this, here's what'll happen. You'll start to pray for something for yourself and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will whisper to you about someone else in the body. And instead of praying for yourself, you'll start praying for them. You'll bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. And see, those, those are the signs that the Holy Spirit is preparing a people that he can use to make known his, in, his manifold wisdom to all the principalities and powers in darkness. But see, he can't do it through a group, a bunch of people. He's got to do it through one body of people that are one. Because then they reflect heaven. It's not just the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that are in unity. All of heaven's in unity. There's nothing but unity there. It's like there's myriads of people there, but it's as if there's one. It's a glorious thing. Father, I pray, I've done the best I could do. Lord, I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would unfold to this people, reveal to them, Lord, Open their eyes to discover and understand. I pray for Passion Church Montgomery that you would reveal to them, oh God. Reveal this thing called the unity of the body. That we are one body. That they are one. I pray for a spirit of unity to come upon this church as never before and unify them together as one in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to... Everyone, have you got your elements? Have they shared and given you the elements? So everybody's got the elements. Anybody does not have the elements? Serve Miss Bunny and everyone over there. Now, you hold in your hand a representation. It's a, it's a wafer and some, some grape juice. Representing the wafer, representing the body of Jesus that was broken for us. He was bruised, he was wounded. Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. The broken body of Jesus Christ. That's what this represents. And as you and I take it, I want you to stand with me. We're going to stand and take this together. As we take this bread in the sight of God, we do it as one body. Everybody say, we are one body. 
We're going to take it together. Not just for yourself, but we're doing it for each other, for our body, for this body, and for the body of Christ. We celebrate together. It's not just about us. It's about the body of Christ. You hold in your hand the body of Christ, the bread. Let's eat together. Say with me, thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken for us. And thank you for your body, which we are on the earth right now. Now we hold in our hands the cup which represents the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ is able to deliver us and set us free from all the works of the enemy, from all works that lead to death. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We've been bought with the blood of the Lamb. Everybody say, I've been bought with the blood of Jesus. I belong to God. He bought me. I am His. Let's drink together. Let's just worship God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. I give you praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, <clears throat> while you're worshiping God, if you have a physical issue, a physical problem, I want you to put your hand on your body. If you can put it on that place, you do it. If not, just put it on your body. But I want to pray over you right now. Those of you watching, I want you to do the same thing. Lay your hand on your body. If, you, if, you, if it's your eyes, lay it on your eyes. If it's your ears, lay it on your ears. If it's somewhere on your body that you can, then lay your hand on that part of your body. Now listen to me. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe they'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. All right. You can lay hands on yourself, but I'm going to pray right now. And as I pray, the hand of Jesus is going to join your hand. The hand of Jesus by the, in the person of the Holy Spirit is going to join your hand right now. And I declare miracles. I believe God right now. Miracles are going to take place in your body, in your body, and in his body. In the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit of affliction. I command every affliction. Devil, you take your hand off. I command sickness, disease, affliction to go in Jesus' name. Blindness, you go. Deafness, you go. Arthritis, you leave in Jesus' name. I speak to you in the name of Jesus. Heart trouble. Heart, you be strong and mended in Jesus' name. Someone dealing with the effects of COVID, I don't know who it is, whether here or there, in the name of that you've had it before and there's still a lasting effect. In Jesus' name, I speak to that. I command healing in your body. Be healed. Be healed. Everyone in the sound of my voice, be healed right now 
in the name of Jesus. There, there it is, right there. That's it. Yes. Thank you, Father. I want you to pray a simple prayer with me. Now, if you're watching or here, perhaps your heart is not where it should be with God. Maybe there was a time when you really loved and served God, but something's happened. Your relationship with God, with Jesus, is not what it should be. We're going to take care of that right now. You don't have to do a lot of penance. You don't have to uh, jump through a lot of hoops or do a lot of things. All you got to do is turn your face towards Jesus. With open arms, you will see him running to you to revive and restore. Everybody pray this simple prayer with me. Those out there, pray with me also. We're going to pray it together. But those of you who your heart is not where it should be, we're going to pray right now, and we're going to make that adjustment and open the door for Jesus. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for my Savior. Jesus, what you did is enough. I want our relationship right. Forgive me. Restore me. I'm yours. Thank you. Amen. 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 Well, does everybody love Jesus? Was this worth your time? Could we give Jesus a big clap offering? Come on. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.